Let's give the Lord a one big hand clap again. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Come on, I'm so, so, I'm so excited that God has filled up the house today. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. You're so faithful in this place. God, we love you today. We love you. We love you. We love you. And, um, you know, I, I was praying because we've been in a, a wonderful series, Core Expression, and I have been praying, God, for the message, and, and uh, we were on a prayer call. And while we're on the prayer call, one of the intercessors uh, said this word, unhindered. And the Lord spoke to me deeply in my heart, and he said, this is the message. This is the message that I want you to speak. And so if you look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 through 66, let's just keep standing for the, for the word. It says this, now when evening had come, and how many have been through an evening in your life? It says that there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. And then when Joseph had taken uh, the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and he laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of rock, and he rolled a a large stone against the door of the tomb, and he departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene is the one he cast out all the devils from. And on the next day, he went, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together uh, to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, you know, when I read that, you know, and it said that Jesus, they called him a deceiver, I just wept at my chair because how many know that is the farthest thing from the truth? And after three days, I will rise. And therefore command that that tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Now somebody say, Sunday's coming. I don't care what tomb you've been sealed in. I don't care what situation seems to have you locked in. Sunday is here. And it says in Matthew 28, 1 through 4, it says, Now the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for your word. Lord, I pray that this word would be more than just a teaching, that this word would be more than just a a, a good talk, a good TED talk. But Lord, that this message would go into the hearts of your people and it will be spiritual, Lord, enough to cause there to be divine justice in every area of their heart, Lord, that seems to be locked up. That it will be divine justice against the enemy, Lord, against their lives that has tried to come to cause them to be in a place of delay. Uh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this message, Lord, will be prophetic in nature and it be apostolic, Lord God, in nature. That it will go to the very heart, the core root of the heart of man and, Lord, it literally dig up anything that doesn't belong and it will change the very trajectory of their lives and it will even change the atmosphere from which they walk in so lord we welcome you holy spirit we thank you for being here in jesus mighty name look at somebody and say unhindered that was so weak look at somebody and say unhindered 
Come on, look at him again and say unhindered. All right, go ahead. Give the Lord a big hand clap and you can go ahead and take a seat. Let's give the worship team another hand clap today. Thank you, worship team. It's going to be a quick message, so you guys should just already get ready to come up. Thank you, uh, Justin. I love you. So, so as I was praying, I, I heard the Lord say that this was a time that he's going to cause his people to be unhindered. And matter of fact, in the prayer time, uh, when this young lady said it, she said that, that the enemy was trying to hinder our anointing, was trying to hinder our call, trying to hinder our finances. And even asking in my life, uh, just being a vulnerable moment, we've seen where the enemy would try to come with these distractions, would try to come with these delays. And my shoe is untied. Excuse me. Okay. And so, and so, uh, and we've seen this in our life, but I heard the Lord say unhindered. Somebody say unhindered. And the enemy has been trying to hinder his God's people by using these different things, delay, difficulty, distraction, and disappointments. Has anybody faced that in the last couple of weeks? I know I'm not the only one. And I heard the Lord say that this is the time as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, uh, that, that, uh, that get ready to be unhindered. Somebody say unhindered. And listen to this. If the grave couldn't hold him down, it's not going to hold you down. Okay, two people over here got it. If the grave didn't hold him down, it's not going to hold you down. I, I thought it was going to be a lot more shouting in that place, a lot more excitement. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I know you're not used to me looking like this, so it's like, who is that up there? Uh, handsome. Thank you. And, and look at this. It says, and laid it in his tomb, laid him in the tomb and honed out a rock and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb. But if the grave couldn't hold him, I want to tell you that the grave is not going to hold you. And if no stone was able to hold him, I want to declare that this is a turnaround season for you and that no stone is going to be uh, able to keep you out of the promises and keep you out of the will of God, that God is turning the stone. Some of you are believing for big things. Some of you are believing for homes, for cars, for tickets to go to the nations to preach the gospel I want to tell you that the stone is being removed today. I declare that this is a season where your family is going to begin to have angelic encounters and even as the angel came and sat on the rock, rolled the rock and then sat on it, I'm telling you the enemy I mean the angels are going to come and they're going to sit on top of the thing, that very, the very thing that tried to hold you back and they're going to declare he's not here, that he is risen. Thank you for that hallelujah back there that came from your belly. If the grave couldn't hold him, it's not going to hold you. But we have to talk about the significance of the grave because many times we read this. And I want to just, just briefly just describe or de- declare to you what is the significance of the grave so you can understand how powerful this is. Jesus is crucified on the cross. He takes on the full wrath and the punishment of God that we deserve. And then he lets out his final breath. He releases it and he says what? It is finished. And we see in the four uh, canonical gospels that Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate and asks for the body of Jesus. And he takes Jesus' body to the tomb. He wraps him in linen. He lays him down. And then he covers the tomb with a stone. And in the most literal and historical perspective, this is the grave of Christ. So this tomb has become Jesus' grave. I could just imagine all of the uncertainty and all the things that were going on in the hearts of his disciples, all the things that they believed for, all the promises, all the prophetic words, all the things that they heard. Now for a moment, it seems like it's all done, that it was all over. Have you ever been in a moment where you felt like every prophetic word you got had been shut up? 
If you felt like there have been times in your life where you felt like you were going forward, but it seemed like the enemy bombarded, bombarded, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a tomb. And I believe that his disciples were wondering and worrying, and they were even some of them were wandering like Peter. Because Jesus, the Messiah, the one that they believed was their king, was now laid into a tomb. And probably they thought that they would never see him again. All their hopes, all the things that they believed would happen came crumbling down. But how many know no grave can hold him down? But the truth here lies deeper than the physical location where Christ was buried. The grave, in a deeper sense, in a truer sense, refers to, the de- to death itself. So the significance of the absence of Jesus in the tomb is that he resurrected and that he defeated death. Somebody say he defeated death. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. He, to defeat the grave would therefore be a reference to defeating death itself. So, no longer being the, so to, to no longer be in the grave means that Jesus defeated death and that he was raised to life. So the significance of the grave was not just that he was in the grave, but the significance of the grave was that Jesus defeated death because grave, the grave represented death. And I want to tell you that Jesus not only defeated death in this moment, but he de- defeated death forevermore. And in your life, wherever death might be working, wherever the sting of sin might be working, I want to tell you that Jesus defeated it in one chapter. And Romans says, for once and for all. Somebody say once and for all. Some of you need to speak to your situations and say this once and for all. You need to look at your finances and say once and for all. Look at your debt, say once and for all. Look at your body, say once and for all. He paid the price once for all. That's it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how dark it looks like, how bleak it looks like. We need to be a people of God that will rise up in faith and say once and for all that Jesus defeated this. Jesus was raised for our justification. Jesus was raised so that we would be made right with God. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, 25. He was delivered over to death for our trespasses and raised so that we may be made right with God. So when Jesus rose up from the grave, not only did he defeat death, but now we have been justified. Now we have been made right with God. Now we can go in the right direction, in the God direction. Hello? Are you guys excited about that? I'm excited about this because I believe that God is, is removing the hindrances out of our life. Even the things in our own identity, even in the things in our own culture that we've lived in, that we're going to be a people of God. They're going to be unhindered. That means no more delay, no more uh, distraction. Come on, somebody. Some, I'm telling you, we might need to break out in a prayer session. I don't care if it's Easter morning. We need to just say, if you're a visitor, that was tongues. Unhindered, Jesus defeated death so that we can walk free from the dominion of sin. Listen to this, Romans 6, 6 to 11. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And 
the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I'm going to live my best life now. Somebody say, I'm going to live alive to God. I'm going to live alive to Christ. See, the enemy wants you to be dead. The enemy wants you to be disappointed. The enemy wants you to be discouraged. But Jesus already paid the price so that you can live a life alive. You know, there are people that are alive, but they're not alive. There are people that are breathing, but they're not alive until you have the breath of God inside of you, until you have the life of God inside of you. Many times you will still walk in those places of death. You'll still walk in those places of discouragement. But I came here to tell you on Sunday morning, I got good news for you. You can live a life alive in Christ. How many want to live a life alive in Christ? I want to live a life alive in Christ. I want to be alive every day. I don't want to miss any moment. And the life that is alive in Christ is a sensitive life. It's a life that's sensitive to the wounds of God. It's sensitive to the moods of God. I'm telling you, the day after I got saved, everything got brighter. Everything got clearer. And it seems like the enemy would try to put dampers on our eyes so that we wouldn't be able to see. But once and for all, he paid the price. So at any moment, you can push past the darkness. You can push past the lies of the enemy. And you can live a life that's full of freedom and alive in him. I love the wonder of children. My children, you know, we were in Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not going to tell you who invited us there, but somebody did. And they had a birthday party there, and I've heard, uh, I heard horrible things about Chuck E. Cheese. I think uh, I've heard a lot. But this, there was nobody there. It was, like, very empty. So we went in there. And, you know, I've seen these games before. These games had no wonder for me. They just seemed like a big, some of them didn't even look like they worked. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. Lord, let me brace myself. I'm not here for me. I'm here for my kids. Is that what you do when you go there? <clears throat> I'm here for my kids. I'm here for them. Yes, breathe it in. I'm here for them. I love my kids. I love my kids. That's why I'm here. Yes. And then Chucky is, and you know, Chucky is a, in my day was a bad person, but this, this Chucky e. Cheese is okay. So they're all the kids, there's a cult in there, and they're all saying, Chucky e. Cheese, Chucky. E. They got a countdown going down, and Chucky e. Cheese, Chucky e. Cheese. And I find myself all of a sudden coming alive in the midst of that, and I'm starting to say, Chucky e. Cheese, Chucky e. Cheese. I'm coming alive, I'm coming alive. And then, uh, you know, and then, uh, uh, and then Chucky comes out, and he's praise-breaking. I don't know if you saw my video, but Chucky, I mean, he's literally praise-breaking like an organ is playing behind him. He's so happy. And so he comes out there, and this one little kid, this one little kid, he wasn't one of ours, but one little kid is just running behind Chucky. I, I just keep looking like Chucky is about to trip over this kid. There's about to be a lawsuit here. But this kid was, had so much wonder, and I'm just sitting back. My wonder is, I wonder what that person looks like underneath that. Like, I wonder, like, if I'm going to see him walking around here, if I would notice him. But this kid is at wonder of, of who Chuck E. Cheese is. And then they, they sing happy birthday, and they have this whole thing going on. And then my kids want to go play the games. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to play a game. Oh, my gosh. And so I go, and my son, he wants to play every game, but he's only four, so he doesn't even know the concept of the games. And then I have to pretend like he's doing a good job. But inside, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're your mama's son. <laughs> no, he's pretty bright. Praise the Lord. He gets that from me. All right. And so, anyway, that throw you under the bus. I love you, baby. Come here. Stop. <laughs> Come here. I'm in the hot seat now. Okay. And so my son is, now he's running around. He's grabbing. He's like, come on, daddy. And I think that he sensed that I wasn't really excited just by my facial expressions. But he kept, but his wonder, his wonder caused me to enter into a deeper place. 
And so as I kept going with him, all of a sudden, I'm getting into the games. And I'm like, oh, God, we're about to win all these tickets right here. And then Shiel runs up to me and says, Daddy, I got, I'm going to get all the tickets. and we get a million tickets? And I'm like, in my head, you're not going to get a million tickets. And so what happened? I don't have the wonder. She has the wonder. She has all the faith. And I'm like, a million tickets? I think all these people together probably couldn't get a million tickets. They're scamming us. This is a scam. But I'm just running, and finally, all of a sudden, I'm getting to this game, and I'm winning eight tickets, and then ten tickets, and my dad, and my daughter's like, do it again, Daddy, you're going to win more tickets. And then I hit the thing, and you gotta, you gotta, the light has to go all to the top, and if you get the bonus, you get 100 tickets, and I kept hitting two times, and then five times, I'm getting into it, I'm taking my jacket off, I'm getting into it, I'm like, hold up, and then Caleb's like, Daddy, I say, boy, get out the way, I got this. <laughs> I say, I got this. And so, and my daughter's like, how many times are you going to do this, Dad? I said, baby, I got this, and now I'm getting aggressive, now I'm coming alive. And I hit it one final time, just precisely. It goes all the way to the top. Ding, 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 ding. And my daughter says, Daddy, you won. Daddy, you won, Dad. And I said, baby, all these tickets are for you. And she was like, really, Daddy? It was was an amazing moment. That didn't seem, it was amazing to me. God wants us to come alive like a child. Childlike faith, to come alive, to come alive. You know, many times we, we start the day and sometimes we're full of dread, we're full of fear. But God's saying, no, come alive, that there is more for you than that's against you. That I'm telling you, your greater days are now, your day to greater days are coming. That we need to live a life fearless. And if Jesus defeated the death, then we have nothing to fear. Do you hear me? When you live a life free from death, you realize there's nothing to fear. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to... He, He wants to discredit you. He wants to push you down. He wants to make you feel bombarded with thoughts. Why? So you'll die. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want to tell you, Jesus has already come to give you life and life more abundantly. And so will we, as a people, rise up into the newness of life and begin to run the race that God has for us? Somebody say, no more fear. And Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. See, I love this scripture. We were buried with him. We, were, we went into the tomb with him. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in the newness of life. I want to prophesy over you today that you're going to begin to walk in a newness of life, that the colors are going to be brighter and that the stars are going to be shinier and that everywhere you go, you're going to realize that there's something new operating in you. You know, many times when people used to put stuff on Facebook and everything, and even one of the uh, my, my pastor, she used to always say stuff like, oh, God's doing a new thing. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, is God always doing something new? Like, what about everything else? It's not new. But I realized that God challenges us with the new so that we don't depend on him. And I asked God one time, I, I mean, that we don't depend on ourselves. And I asked God, I said, God, why? Why do you always say that you're doing a new thing? And he said, so that you don't worship the old thing. And I believe that God wants to do something in your life new every day. Every time you wake up in the morning, you need to experience the breath of life. You need to experience the fresh breath of the newness of life. Somebody take a deep breath. Just breathe in. Newness of life. Come on, breathe it in. Newness of life. You know, the enemy will try to come and bombard your mind about the old things. But the Bible says, behold, the former things are past, and I do a new thing. God is doing a new thing, and he created you for the new. Somebody say, I'm created for the new. I'm created to be unhindered by the old. I'm created to be unhindered by the the, the things that have passed. And I've been called to run in the direction that the Lord has called me to run in. 
And I want to prophesy over you today that you're going to walk in the newness of life, that this is not just any kind of life. This is not just the get by kind of life. This is not the I hope I make it kind of life. This is not the okay, this is a good life. No, this is the God kind of life. This is the Zoe kind of life. This is the creative kind of life. This is the innovative kind of life. This is the head and not the tail type of life. This is the above only and not beneath type of life. This is free from sickness type of life, free from disease type of life. And if your life doesn't look for like that, I want you to contend like never before. Because Jesus paid the price once and for all for it. He didn't pay for you to be walking around like you've been sucking on sour lemons. And even in the midst, and we're going to be talking about this in a couple weeks with our core values, even in the midst of the suffering, we can still have joy. Even in the midst of pain, we can still have joy because we know that for the joy that was set before him, he endured, he hupomone, he endured the suffering. This is the God kind of life, the creative kind of life, the glory life. Somebody said the glory. I had to put the glory in there somewhere. You know why? Because it says this, Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. A life that is unhindered is full of the glory, full of the presence, the power, and the provision of God. Christ was raised to the dead. Christ's resurrection is linked to the glory, the fullness and eternal glory. That's what uh, Charles Spurgeon said, calls it, the fullness and eternal glory. And we as believers can begin to walk in this glory now. And again, this glory is linked to his presence, it's linked to his provision, it's linked to his power. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power. Somebody say the same mighty power. That raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Oh, the excellency of his glory. The weight of his glory. The brilliance and the splendor of his glory should be an everyday occurrence in your life. We should always be walking in the realm of his glory. Should be always walking in the realm. Now listen, doesn't always have to be an outward manifestation. But we should always be aware that we are covered and that we are protected and that we are in a bubble of his glory. The Bible says, now let the Father of glory give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Whenever you're in this place, even in the darkest place, but you're in the glory of God, guess what? There is wisdom and there's revelation for you for that moment so that you can still live a life that's unhindered. So that you can still live a life that's free and that's alive to God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I want to live a life alive. I want to end with this point. I asked the worship team to come up. I told you it wasn't a long message. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 said, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, somebody say life, to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I want to encourage you today that I just really just felt simply to tell you today that God wants us to live a life that is free from our old man, free from disappointment, free from delay, free from the worries and the cares. Because if the death couldn't defeat Christ, if death couldn't defeat him, if the grave couldn't defeat him, it can't defeat you either. Because you have been made alive together. I'm going to ask you just to come Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com.
or facebook.com forward slash relentlessdc.